Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest installment of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here with Libby Wagner, who's the president of Libby Wagner & Associates and Influencing Options. And Libby is a poet, author, and speaker. In fact, she's one of the only former poetry professors warmly invited into the boardroom. She's a trusted advisor for presidents, CEOs, and executive directors. Her work has shaped the cultures of numerous Fortune 500 clients, such as Boeing, Nike, Philips, ST Microelectronics, Diageo, and Costco. Uh, She's got a unique approach, empowering those whom she works with to clearly articulate what they want, why they want it, and how to ask for it, creating the poetic difference. Okay, she's an award-winning faculty member. She's got a Master's of Fine Arts in Poetry. She's been quoted in the New York Times and the Harvard Business Review. She's got a monthly featured column, The Culture Coach, and she's also the uh, author of the Amazon bestseller, The Influencing Options, The Art of Building a a Profit Culture in Business, as well as a poetry collection like this, like that, and somehow. And she's got a forthcoming new book called The Poetry of Persuasion. So thank you, Libby, for being with us today. Well, thank you so much, Linda. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk with you today about uh, marketing and poetry and language and all kinds of things I'm thinking about all the time. Terrific. And, you know, I'm a musician, so I love bringing the arts into business. But I have to say I've met a lot of musicians, but I have not met a lot of poets in business. So how does it work being a poet, working with companies and leaders? Well, I think, uh, you know, as I often say when I'm talking to people, when I was in graduate school, you know, the the poets didn't really hang out with the MBAs. We didn't go to the same cocktail parties. But now as I've been working with business leaders over the last few years, I think we probably should have been hanging out at the same cocktail parties because uh, we might have been able to help each other. And uh, But I, I think that um, my work as a poet, my, my world as a poet, and being able to go into businesses allows me to help leaders look at the language that they are using to connect with the people that they want to connect with, namely their clients, their customers, and their employees. Excellent. So, so poetry really helps them kind of find the way to communicate more effectively? I think there's a couple of ways that, that um, poetry can be really helpful in the business setting. One is just the discipline, the, the courage, the I call it noticing, or, but which is really about awareness, paying close attention, um, the elements of humanity and connectedness. All of those are part of the, the drama of the workplace and all of the things unfolding. And that's what poets do is they look at those things and they speak to those things. And business leaders need those qualities in order to be effective. I also think that just actually the act, much like music, of poetry itself, in other words, reading poems, being connected with poems, even though it seems like it's counterintuitive, it actually helps people remember why they decided to do this work in the first place. And I think to prevent burnout, to prevent um, uh, lack of productivity, lack of effectiveness, that we need more of that connectedness to why we're doing our work in the first place. So it's about meaning. A lot of it's about meaning and finding meaning. Absolutely. It is about meaning. And, and, you know, as you know in your work, 
in terms of marketing is that businesses are constantly trying to convey meaning to the people who can use their products and services and expertise. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about poetry and marketing, and what's the connection that you see between poetry and marketing? Well, I certainly think one of the most obvious uh, connections is language. Um, you know, um, I think you and I probably grew up at about the same time, and we can even think about, you know, marketing um, jingles or, um, or phrases or things that we remember that have solidified a brand. And so, you know, marketing um, uh, departments are filled with people who love to play around with language that tries to connect the, the company with the customer. And so I think that's one of the obvious places is in the language itself. And is that language resonant and does it make that connection? I mean, one of the things that I like to talk about in terms of what poets do is poets are just trying to bridge the connection between two people, two human beings, the, the, the person and the, and, the, and the poet, the audience, and the other. Well, companies in their marketing are trying to do that too. You're trying to you know, cast your net out there hoping that you're going to catch and connect with the right customer for you. So I think those are two reasons why um, uh, marketing and poetry have some, some common elements. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you think about it, and, and I think about this when I work with my clients, that um, there is a poetry to what we do. There is a, a meter and a rhythm and a, a rhyme to a certain extent um, of, of what we do, a cadence in terms of getting people to remember. And it, it, to, to think of a common uh, advertisement we hear much too much is, you know, uh, is, is that darn Geico Gecko, you know, give us 15 minutes and we'll save you 15% on, on your car insurance. Whether we sure. want to remember that or not, we've heard that and we, we've got that 15-15 down in our head. Sure. And that's exactly what they want to do when they put that, that annoying gecko on there a thousand times sure. a day. Sure. And think about, um, you know, FedEx is absolutely positively overnight. Yep. And it's very rhythmic. It's easy to remember. And it's powerful. Um, you know, Nike's just do it. I, don't, I have no idea how long that's been around. But, you know, it's, it's clear. It's succinct. And, and it's layered with meaning. And absolutely. so, you know, each of these language choices that, that companies are making um, you know, they are trying to make a mark. They are trying to make a lasting impression. And, um, and, and many of them are poetic. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, that's, you know, that's an edge that people can have is as they're thinking about the language of their um, companies and the language of their marketing is, you know, you want to be memorable, not forgettable. Exactly. And how do you stand out from the crowd, which is something I talk about a lot, is there's so much noise out there and just so much, uh, so many, so many inputs coming in there, and they all get lost. They all start to sound the same, to look the same. So the language can help you really stand out from the crowd and be memorable, which is important. You've well, also talked things, about the voice oh, sorry, of the Linda, company. I just was going to say one of the things you know that I like about the title of your, your you know, your forthcoming book, "Stop the Marketing Madness," is it, it. Um, it lends itself to this idea that you're going to help uh, your readers be discerning about the choices they're going to make. So there is a particular poetry even in the title of your book, and I'm guessing that, you know, as your, you know, as the book is unfolding, you are helping people create order, create a sense of purpose. You know, all of those things you're conveying with language. Absolutely, absolutely. Because what we want to do is is to put some framework. 
uh, underneath this so you can see exactly what you want to do, how you want to do it, and then how do you rise above that? How do you rise above all that noise and all that craziness and all that madness to really stand out from the crowd? Mm-hmm. And so that's good. So I'm, I'm glad you like the title because we, mm-hmm. we spent some time on it. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, so let's talk. Another thing you've talked about and written about is the voice of a company. It's leaders mm-hmm. and its team. So talk to me about voice. I have a particular idea about voice, but from a poet's perspective, how do you see voice being essential to marketing and branding? Well, I think voice is essential to humanity, and I think we're talking about it in the context of business, which is very important because one of the things I like to tell people when I'm speaking about um, the time that they spend at work is that an average person is going to spend about 90,000 hours of their life at work. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, kind of a startling number. And, um, and so a lot of what I think um, – I, I'm asking people to do is to figure out what, what kind of time they want to be spending. And the reason that voice is important in that, and the reason that voice is important in a company and to a, and to a human being, is that w- if we are not finding and speaking in our voices, we are going to end up somewhere that we had not intended. Interesting. And I think this is really important. And you can, you can see how this is important on a human level, right? So if you, as a, as a person, as a woman, um, as a businesswoman, as a professional, if you're not finding and speaking in your voice, then it's likely that someone else's voice is going to be talking over you or that you're going to say something you don't mean. And so it likely you're not going to end, end up where you want to be. And I think companies face the same kind of challenge that when they get distracted or they, you know, like, like you're talking about the madness, you know, they, they aren't speaking in their own voices. They're not, they're not congruent. And so now all of a sudden, you know, we're not innovating in the way that we want. We're not holding the vision that we need to. We're, um, you know, lagging behind in the market, whatever it is. But it seems like a really simple concept, but it is absolutely essential. And so part of what um, – we work with uh, companies on is to not only help individual leaders find and speak in their voices, but that the teams and the company itself is, are doing the same thing. That's great. That's wonderful. And, and, and as I think about it, and I hate to bring up this example because everyone uses it, but we think about Apple. And Apple just has one single voice that you know, uh, whether it's a, a print advertisement or it's, it, it's some kind of video or walking into their stores, there's kind of a clear voice that comes through. And I think that happens we think about Nike. You mentioned Nike and FedEx and some others, and, and they definitely have that kind of clear voice. And then there are other companies where you look at one advertisement, you look at another marketing piece, you meet them in person or whatever, and it's multiple voices. And it is kind of this cacophony where it's like who's, who's, who's in charge and who's saying what. So I think Absolutely. that's absolutely and, and, I mean, to, to use a um – you know, a music metaphor, and I know you know much more about this than I do, but, you know, there are, there are you know, resonant harmonic sounds in music so that it creates this, you know, it creates something beautiful, and then you have this dissonance, which is right. startling and disruptive, and, you know, sometimes there are places for that in, you know, art and in business, but a lot of times what we're really trying to do is create this singular um, brand that encompasses, you know, the, the sort of heart and soul of the company that people can get behind and, and messages can get behind and meaning can get behind. And um, I think a lot of times we think that's not valuable, but it's incredibly valuable. Absolutely. I agree about that. 
So tell me about, you have a new program that you're calling the Linguistics of Leadership. Tell us a little bit about what that is. What does that mean? Well, uh, we're doing we're doing a couple of different things in the next year, and this, uh, you know, some t- I, I suppose in a way it's it's about personal branding, but it really is about this idea of the resonance of the voice, and so linguistics is the study of language, and so we're taking some kind of extraordinary um, tools and elements, including music, including poetry. And we're uh, immersing people in uh, day-long or multiple-day events where they are encouraged to find their voices, uh, figure out what it takes to do that, identify the obstacles that often come when we um, haven't really been speaking in our voices uh, in companies. And then how are we going to, you know, in a pragmatic way, wrap that up into uh, our work itself and the work that we want to do as leaders? Um, you know, sometimes people think, oh, finding your voice, is that something for new supervisors, new leaders? Not really, because I think it's one of those things that you have to practice constantly. Because um, I know I keep going back to the title of your book, but, you know, marketing madness, there's just all of this noise. And so if we're not staying connected to, you know, the linguistics of our own work and our own role as a leader, you know, we're going to be distracted and off track. Absolutely. And so this is something that I think could be extremely powerful for more senior leaders. Uh, Absolutely. The and it's really them. about courage, and it's about observation. It's about u- the use of metaphor. It's about truth-telling. And, um, you know, being able to – I mean, we love working with companies that are trying to transform their businesses, especially, you know, from the people side. And so um, part of what we're doing now is really asking people to go to what I like to call the creative edge of their work. And, you know, there's all kinds of scary stuff on the creative edge. But, uh, you know, if you've got a good guide or a good Sherpa, you can, uh, you can make the journey. Excellent. What's fun. This sounds so exciting. We've been talking with uh, Libby Wagner. And Libby, as I mentioned, is the president and founder of Libby Wagner & Associates, as well as Influencing Options. If you want to find out more about uh, some of her work and actually read some of her poetry and see some of her, her poems that, that she actually um, uh, performs, uh, you can go to LibbyWagner.com and find out more about that. Uh, and any place else they should go in terms of, of finding out more about your stuff? I think that's, uh, you know, that's the main site. If you want to find out about the programs that we do with companies, um, uh, larger scale programs, you can visit InfluencingOptions.com. Okay. Um, but uh, those, those things are linked together, and uh, I look forward to seeing your book emerge uh, Linda, so that we can uh, we can continue to bridge this gap between the arts and business because we need each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much, Libby. Thank you, Linda. Take care. Okay. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, Contact us at www.leverage2market.com.